What's up, YA? What up, YA? Come on, man. <laughs> How you guys doing? I love y'all, man. Let's go. Let's go. How about we all stand up? How about we all stand up? Let's give God some praise tonight. How about that? Come on, can we do that? Can we give God some praise tonight? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We love you. Woo! God is in the room tonight. Can you give, can you give somebody a nice safe hug before you sit down? Just nice and COVID safe. Let's go. Ask for a stool tonight. So I want to sit down too. I'm not going to give my back to you guys. I'm going to just be, keep spinning on this thing. Man, I'm excited to be here. Actually, you know what? I'm just going to bump this chair. I'll probably use it later. Man, I'm excited to be here tonight. Um, look at your neighbor. Say neighbor. Come on, pick. I know you got like five neighbors right now. Pick one of them and say neighbor. I'm glad that you're here tonight. Are you ready to receive from God? All right, now look at somebody else, the one you completely just abandoned, and say, neighbor number two, what it do, what it do. I'm so glad that I'm sitting next to you tonight. Amen, amen. I'm excited to preach. Before I preach, man, I just want to just talk a little bit. Before we get into the word of God, man, um, so it's just been a little while since I've been preaching. Um, my wife and I, we've taken a little bit of a break. Uh, I, I was talking to Dale not too long ago. and Man, our, our church has been around for five and a half years. How many guys love our church, New Birth? Man. I've literally never taken a break from church, um, from serving in five and a half years. Some of y'all take whole months off from church, but that's another conversation. <laughs> Man, I never, I never, I never took a break, and and, and these last uh, four and a half, four and a half months uh, for my wife and I, they've been amazing. Um, we've had some some amazing people in our lives just pour into us. Um, it's been a process of restoration and 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 just humility um, on a whole nother level, on a whole nother level. I've, I've grown so much respect uh, for the lead pastor of this house, Pastor Gabby. How many of you guys love your pastor? I have the privilege of serving under my dad. It's insane. Um, and just our board and, and Pastor Jose and Belkis, can you guys stand up? You've meant so much to me in these last four months. Guys, can we honor the pastors of our English Sunday service? We love you so much. Thank you. We love you. You guys have a young adult card that can never be revoked, all right? You show it at the front door. You show it everywhere you go. Um, man, they've been just astronomical in our lives. Um, and um, I want to thank our, our young adult staff team who have just taken the bar to a whole nother level. Um, and, and I'm going to call them out. Uh, Willie, can you come up here? I'm going to start with Will. Make some noise. Will, come up here. Just stand right there. Natasha, can you come up here? Just stand right there. Ivanice, can you come up here? Crystal, can you come up here? Kalel, can you come up here? Diana, come up here, wifey. Natalia, can you come up here? Kiara, 
can you get up here? Dale Murray, get yourself up here, boy. Jelly, can you come up here, Jelly? Come on, Jelly. It's my leaders right here. It's my young adult staff team. And they've just taken this to a whole nother level. Um, I love all of you guys, man. I'm not going to cry. You guys are amazing. And um, I really believe this is the team that's going to cause just the biggest revival. I mean, we've been in revival for five years, right? But things we haven't seen before, it's going to be through you guys, through you guys. I get the honor and the privilege of leading alongside you guys. Um, so I thank you. I love your hair, by the way. How many guys love Natalia's hair? Dope hair. I love all of you. And um, if you guys want to get involved, you want to serve or, you know, be a part of what's going on, these are your people right here. Uh, if you don't like their ministry, just go to someone else's and we'll figure it out. But I want to do something. How about we all stand up and honor the people that serve us? Can we do that? Can you stretch your hands forward? Stretch your hands forward. Um, I, didn't, I didn't pick this team. God brought this team. And, you know, I didn't ask to be a pastor. God called me to be a pastor. This church is, it's God's doing. So, let me, let's pray for them because they are just like you. They're human beings. They've just said yes to the call of God over their life. I want God, come on, let's lift them up in a prayer. Uh, God, we love you so much, but we, we love this young adult staff team that serve us with everything they have. They give 110%. Uh, God, you see their hearts. You see deep down, God, they just have a heart of servanthood. None of them would expect it to be on a team like this, serving in a ministry like this, and as dynamic as it is, and as just demanding as it is. God, you've graced them for this season. You've graced them for 2021 ministry. So God, we're humbled to have such an amazing group of men and women uh, to really lead us and guide us and be there for us. Uh, God, I thank you for their determination. I thank you, God, for their creativity and for their vision. Uh, to lead this young adult ministry and, and just its beginning and its core roots, its baby steps. It's awesome uh, to see them flourish in their gifting and their calling. Uh, God, we love them so much. Come on, all the church says amen and amen. You guys can have a seat. Thank you. They had no idea I was going to do that. Um, and then Pastor Dennis couldn't make it tonight. But man, can we make some noise for Pastor Dennis Rivera? Oh, my gosh. It's my dog. And that's Keith right there. What up? How you doing, bro? Um, love Pastor Dennis. He's an incredible speaker, incredible teacher. Um, I'm excited to keep going with our series, This Is Me. Um, last week, we spoke, uh, where do you come from? Tonight's message, I titled it, A Rotten Tree. Anybody taking notes tonight? Come on, let's all take notes. I, I really got, I really believe in this. Like, can God trust you with his words? Like, when you, when we're here and there's a message and someone's preaching, and, you know, even some leaders during worship, they have their notes out because God likes to whisper during worship. And some of you guys know that. You just don't write it down. I'm telling you, you got to leave Tuesday nights <clears throat> with notes full, filled with ideas and thoughts that God is placing on your heart um, and speaking to you. So, Man, I really hope you have notes tonight. Can you wave your notes in the air like you just don't care? Hello. Come on, wave your notes. There we go. Um, I call tonight's sermon a rotten tree. It's going to make sense later. But I want to read to you in the book of Matthew, 
uh, an amazing, incredible passage, Matthew chapter 21. So this is week two of our series called This Is Me. This is a sermon series. We're deciding to talk about identity. Um, I don't know about you, but can you shout amen if you think identity is a big deal these days? Come on, it's just a big deal. I mean, a lot of people are looking to culture to figure out who their identity is. A lot of people are looking at relationships to determine who their identity is. A lot of people are looking at a lot of false uh, idols to look at. Um, but friends, in here, in the church, we understand that our identity comes from our creator. That's Jesus. And, and this series is important. Tonight's going to, you know, our last series, we, we talked about having a genuine faith. And I love how Pastor Dennis put it. This series is about being genuine people and, and letting God meet us where we're at. So um, let's read the book of Matthew, chapter 21. Thank you so much. I'm going to open that. You guys feel good? I don't know if I know how to preach anymore, but we're going to do this, all right? Matthew chapter 21. I, do I, okay, so someone told me, why do you say that? Because my like, first time ever really preaching was my first time preaching at a youth service here at Newburgh. So I wasn't like a preacher before I became a pastor. I was just thrown into it. Um, anyways, Matthew chapter 21, verses 28 to 32. Um, if you got a Bible, you see that this is called the parable of the two sons. Um, we're going to read this and we're going to kind of dissect it and see what God's speaking to us. Um, before we read it, let's pray. Come on, if you feel comfortable, would you bow your heads and close your eyes? God, I thank you for an amazing Tuesday night here in Kissimmee, Florida. I thank you for every single young adult that decided to come to church tonight. Uh, man, what an amazing power and presence we experienced um, in worship and the, just the presence that's following us through. I can't wait to sing after this message and lift your name up once again. But God, you want to speak right now and you want to minister to us. I pray, Lord, we leave with a heart filled with encouragement and a, and a soul that's completely convicted for what you are leading us to do. And, and God, we, we love you so much. Would you say these words? God, search me. Come on, everyone in the room, say, God, search me. And whatever it is that's not of you, just remove it. In your name, we all said, amen. It says in Matthew chapter 21, verses 28 to 32, this is Jesus talking. So if you have a Bible, uh, your words right now are about to turn red. Um, those are his words. It, it says this. This is Jesus speaking. He's in a public setting. And he's not just talking uh, to, like, regular Joe Schmoes. He's actually talking to Pharisees, uh, which were the religious leaders of the time. And there are also some other people that was just following Jesus around. So it's a mixed group. Kind of like tonight. We have people in here that don't believe in Jesus. Come on, can we make some noise for all of our first-time guests in the room? We love you. First-time guests, we love you. And then there are people in here that they love Jesus so much. Make some noise if you love Jesus. Come on. So this is kind of the environment that Jesus is at. He's trying to, and this is why Jesus spoke in parables, which is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning, just to break the walls and, 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 like, permeate through a bunch of different types of peoples. So it says this. Jesus says, what do you think? He's asked the question, and then he begins to tell the parable. There was a man who had two sons. We find out as we read this, the man is actually referring to God, and the two sons actually represent you and I. You guys with me? There was a man who had two sons who went to the first son, and he said this, son, go and work today in the vineyard. So the father 
called the son to go do something. You guys following? The father called the son to get to action to go do something. Verse 29. I will not, he answered. But later, he changed his mind and went to the vineyard. That's powerful. It's powerful because, like, he had the wrong response, but he followed through with what God commanded him to do. So he changed his mind and he went. Verse 30. Then the father went to the second son and said the same thing. And the second son answered, I will, sir. But he did not go. Verse 31, Jesus asked the question, which of the two did what his father wanted? The first, they answered, the religious leaders. Jesus said to them, aha, truly I tell you, the tax collectors, they were thieves, and prostitutes are entering the kingdom of God ahead of you. I call this sermon, write it down, a rotten tree. There's a tree we used to have at the front of the Hope Center. I don't know if you've ever seen it before, if you've been long enough here to remember what it used to look like. It was a nice, beautiful tree here. And we actually, when we bought this property five years ago, um, we bought it cash. Hello, someone say cash. Man, cash. We bought this property cash. And um, right when you drove into the property, come on, we're standing on a miracle right now, y'all. We were two months as a church, and we brought this, we bought this whole property cash. Um, standing on a miracle. We literally had a tree up, and we literally put a plaque, and we put in a glass frame, and it stood in front of the tree. And the tree was just so nice, and it was so epic, and it was just awesome. And in front of the tree, there was a plaque, and the plaque said, you know, thank you to three big donors that kind of gave us the funds to buy this property. Um, what was funny was that over time, throughout, you know, Florida demonic hurricanes, you guys know about those things, right? Um, the, the tree actually began to wither away. Uh, it actually, through time and, and through storms, actually began to wither away. And here's what happened. There was one time, I remember the staff, we, we go out to the tree, and, and, and Christian, uh, one of our worship leaders, he walks up to the tree, and he gives it a good kick. Why is he kicking a tree in the middle of the day? Because he's a Floridian, right? I mean, like, if you're not kicking trees on a random Tuesday afternoon, I mean, like, are you really from Florida, right? Come on, Floridians, we do the weirdest things. Right? Come on, I see all the memes. I'm like, yep, that's Florida. Sounds like my childhood, right? Like, he sticks his, he sticks his way. He kicks the, the tree, but his foot literally flew right through the tree. As if it was a piece of paper. Boom. Sticks takes his leg right back out, and we look in, and the entire tree was rotten. So it stood up so nice and tall and big and beautiful, but with just one little karate kick, right? I don't even know he knew karate. He broke right into the thing, and if you drive out of this building, it's not even visible. It's not even there. I call this sermon a rotten tree because sometimes we come to church looking like a nice, beautiful tree. 
Sometimes we come to church flexing on the leaves. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes we come to church, and you know what? It's just sometimes a little bit of a subculture, right? That when I ask you how you're doing, you have to say I'm blessed and highly favored. That when you walk into those doors, you wipe your tears like you weren't just crying about the diagnosis you got from. You guys with me tonight? Something about the church makes us feel like we got to leave everything behind as if we're all nice and dandy. When we're one storm away from falling apart. So Jesus is looking at the Pharisees when he's speaking to them. He's looking at the Pharisees, the religious leaders of the time. And he's like, hey, y'all, you guys look real nice. You know, the, the Pharisees, when they walked the streets, you knew they were religious. You knew they were religious. And the way that they dressed and the way that they carried themselves and the way that they walked. Listen, they knew the Old Testament, right? They knew scripture by heart. Like you actually, what's this phrase? They'll just give it to you. And Jesus is looking at these people that look awesome, that look great. They know a lot of scripture. They know how to respond correctly. Yeah, they look awesome. And Jesus looks at them and says, thieves and prostitutes are entering my kingdom before you. If you're in the room, you're going like this. Oh. But friends, this speaks to you and I. This speaks to you and I. We even see later in Matthew chapter 23, verse 25, Jesus says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You clean the outside of the cup and dish, but the inside, they're full of greed and self-indulgence. That's like your mama asks you to clean all the, all the dishes, and you just clean the outside. You clean the outside of the pot. And you put the pot in, the, you know, you put it back in the drawer. Your mama's like, oh, wow. Oh. Boy, you, you know, you start running, bro. That thing's going to come at you. Why are we talking about this? Because identity is an issue of this generation. Maybe because we're so focused on the outside and we neglect the inside. Can I give you the first idea for tonight? Can I give it to you? Write it down. Identity isn't about presentation. It's about evaluation. Identity, when we talk about Christ's identity, who's God designed me to be, it's not about how I present myself. It's about what's actually going on on the inside. It's about what's actually going on on the inside. Identity is not about presentation. This is speaking into next week, y'all. Identity is not about presentation. It's about evaluation. And why is that so countercultural? Because right now, identity is just as good as your Instagram aesthetic. Identity is attached to the amount of followers you have. Identity is attached to how dry or, or how, how fluid is your DMs. And that is not true identity. Identity is when you and I say, God, what is it in me that you want to remove? What is it in me that needs to go? What is it in me that doesn't look like you? It's not about presentation. It's about evaluation. I'm going to do a quick example. Kalel, stand up. You look so nice. How you doing, Kalel? You doing great? You fine? See, this is how we show up to church. We show up, but you're covering something. You good? You sure you good? God is good all the time. All right. You look, it's hiding something. What's, what's, what is that? What's that? What's going on? Oh, there's a hole. There's a hole. Can you show can you show this side what's going? Can you show that side what's going? Oh, wait, wait. No, no, no. But can you turn around? Oh. 
So wait a minute, wait a minute. Turn back around. But this is how we show up to church. Cover it up again. So how you doing? You're great, but there's something. Don't ask me how I'm really doing. Because he just left me and I don't know who I am anymore. Don't ask me how I'm really doing. Because I feel so dirty, I don't know if I could be even sitting through worship. Don't ask me how I'm really doing. Because I don't even have faith. I can't, I can't even get out of my mess. And you know what? The problem is sometimes when you really expose yourself, you think it's one thing when it's actually a whole bunch of things. And here's what's crazy. Here's what's really nuts. He, he will walk to church and cover that up. But then when he's around his friends that he went to school with, this is who they see. His friends don't care about all those holes. Why? Because they don't know what to do with their holes. Turn back around. This is, this is what a lot of people see. But when he comes to church, uh-oh, no, no, no. This is, I'm clean. I'm, I'm, how, how many Christians are struggling with, with an identity crisis because they're so used to flipping who they really are? When we, when we were preaching about identity, God told me last Tuesday, he said, John, tell the young adults that sometimes we don't know who we are because we're too busy turning around and round, round and round, round and round. This verse, this, the church gets the Instagram me. On Friday nights, they get the real me. On, on Sunday mornings, they get, the, they get the, the Instagram bio me. But then on a Friday night, they get the cursing me, the drunk me. They get the crazy me. And you don't know who you are. So what's the answer? Can you show us the answer? The answer is rip the shirt off. Rip the shirt off. Thank you. And step into the light. Step into the light. Jesus is telling the, the scribes and the Pharisees, see, now I could work with this. Right? In the, in the parable, what happens? The first son, he's straight up. He's like, no. Right? He's like, will you go to the vineyard? He says, no. Nope, because I know how I look. I know who I really am. I'm, I'm jacked up. But then what happens in his heart when he comes clean? Jesus goes, I can work with that. And later on, he goes out into the vineyard. Go ahead. And, and he ends up working. But the scribes and the Pharisees, you can sit down, bro, thank you. But the scribes and the Pharisees, what happens with them? They say, I will, sir. But they never go. Because there's something inside. You see, I gave you the first idea that identity isn't about presentation. It's about evaluation. I want to graduate that idea. The church isn't a place of presentation. It's a place of evaluation. Man, when you come to church, it's not... It's not like, man, I've been, like, you're coming here, like, like just dragging yourself. No, no, no. This place is a pit stop. This is when you watch, uh, you know, the Daytona 500. This is when the, the, the car pulls over just to get some gas, just to put more air in the tires, just to get it wiped a little bit, give the driver some water, and he's back on the races. This is a place of heart checking. This is a place of evaluation. This isn't a place of presentation. 
Some of us, some, sometimes if we multiply how we feel and our church was everyone that was just like us, I probably would not want to go to this church. If a sinner walks into this place, he'd probably be like, man, I can't relate to none of y'all in here. If a drug addict walked into this place, he'd probably be like, I can't relate to none of y'all in here. Because everyone's presenting themselves some certain way. Like, let's start being honest. Like, if I ask you, how you doing? You're going to say, hey, man, I'm not so holy. I'm holy. I got a bunch of holes. Thank you. I'm going to keep asking you to just stand up and sit down. But let's be real. Let's be real. Matthew 21, verse 30. Then the father went to the other son and said the same thing. He answered, I will serve but he did not go. Let me give you the next idea. Jesus isn't looking for perfect people. He's looking for his children. Jesus isn't looking for perfect people. This should change the way we see church. I'm not coming here to look perfect. I'm coming here because I'm a child of God. And shout out to those people that kept coming to church even though they didn't see me preaching. I'm not coming here based off who's preaching. I'm coming here because I'm a child of God. And shout out to the people that come to church no matter who's worshiping. I'm not coming here so I can hear this girl sing or hear this guy sing. I came here because I'm a child of God. And shout out to the people that come to church when they're not serving. I'm not coming here to serve. I'm not coming here to lead people. I'm coming here because I am a child of God. Jesus isn't looking for perfect people. He's looking for his children. He's looking for his children. When I wrote this idea down, I, I got an image in my head of a woman looking for her children. You ever seen that in like theme parks? Some of you guys are relating because you were the kid that went missing at a theme park. Remember the anxiety you got? Like, okay, so I haven't found mom for five minutes. Life's done, right? I remember I got lost. I was like, I was like eight years old, lost in Disneyland. Disney World, sorry, Disneyland, what? Disney World, I was like, I was like, yeah, I was like nine or 10. Lost my mom for two minutes. I was like, all right, I got to pick up a job. <laughs> what else is going to work? I remember writing down this sermon. He's looking for his children. And I imagine Jesus walking into the church saying, where, where, where are my children at? And Jesus to the Pharisees, he's saying, no, no, no. You sound like my child, but where are my children at? You come to church and you look like a child, but man, Every other day of the week, where's my child at? Where are my children? You tweet like my child, but where's my children at? You look like my child, but when, when trouble comes and drama sets in and life and problems come in, it's where are my children? I've, let's answer this question. How do I know if I'm a child? You can, you can write that down. How do I know if I'm a child of God? How do I know that I'm not a fake? I'm actually a real child of God. How do I know I'm on the right path? How do I know that I'm actually doing this thing the right way? Here's my next idea. If Jesus is your father, then listen to your father. If Jesus is your father, then listen to your father. I love how the father asks the son to go do something, and the son replies with, sir. I will, sir. And then he walks away and he's disobedient. The first son replies badly, but he responds the right way. And what bothers me about culture today is that it's all surface level. The reason why some people connect 
with people who don't go to church is because people who don't believe in Jesus are okay with where they're at. People who don't know Jesus are comfortable with the diagnosis they have. People who don't know Jesus are okay if you're cheating on your girlfriend. People who don't know Jesus are okay with you going to a strip club here and there. People who don't know Jesus are okay with you acting like a son of the world. But friends, when you're a son of God, when you're a daughter of God, you live to a higher calling and a higher standard. And that's why some of us, we feel comfortable outside of church with people who don't know Jesus. Because they're comfortable where they're at and they're comfortable with what they see in us. And the church is starting to look into the world and bring ideology in that says, I'd rather look okay than be okay. I'd rather stand up tall than, than not have any depth. We'll give you the next idea. Matthew 21 shows me that Jesus isn't focused on your appearance. He's concerned about your condition. Jesus isn't, you look nice. Literally, he's telling the scribes and the Pharisees, you guys look awesome. But the, the women that, are, that you label prostitutes, they love me, they follow me, they've repented, and they're getting into heaven. Jesus is way more concerned about your condition than he is your appearance. I saw this meme. I thought it was so funny. And I'm not going to keep it up too long because it'll turn into a comedy club tonight. But, man, could you put it up? It's a Papa John's picture. This is so funny. Papa John's looks like the guy in the zombie movie that gets bit and tries to hide it from the rest of the group. <laughs> Tell me not, like, you guys seen those zombie movies? Like, you know, you can get bit and, and you know, uh, I think uh, one, some of the movies, it takes a little while to turn into a zombie, right? So in those older movies, uh, it's so funny. It's like the group, they're, they're going and one dude's like, just cricking out of nowhere, right? He's like slowly turning. And I saw this picture, because how, how many people in the spiritual world look like this? Like, they're trying to just like, but you look like the one dude that got bit. Like, you're like one little, like, little open wound away from just chewing on my skin. You can take that picture off, because I'm just going to keep laughing. <laughs> and listen, we have to get to a place where we say, you know what? I have to stop hiding this thing. I, I have to stop creating an image that isn't real because that's when you really begin to lose yourself that's when you really begin to believe the false identity you create we need to get to a place where we say this next idea I don't care what they'll say I care what I believe I don't care what they'll say I care what I believe and I believe that Jesus is God I believe that Jesus is holy I believe that Jesus is righteous. I believe that Jesus loves me. And if I step into the light, he will never let me fall. You see, this is the thing. We can, we can come to church, and if you're a guest in here, you know, look at the person next to you and say, you, you look pretty good tonight. You look, you look all right. You know what I'm saying? You chilling. You look all right. You know what I'm saying? We do that sometimes. Like, guys, when we don't want to, like, really give you too much, we're like, you look all right or whatever. You know what I'm saying? You look, you look all right, you know? But how I look, he's like, look, I, whatever. My next idea is this. This is not a social club. This is a hospital. So it's okay to walk in here with open wounds. 
It's, I'm not talking about literally, guys. If you got an open wound, go to the hospital, a real hospital. This is a spiritual hospital. This is a spiritual hospital. Oh, why you didn't come to church this week? Oh, no, I just didn't feel good. Girl, this is the week you're supposed to come. Because you don't show here. You don't show up here when you're feeling all good. You show up here when you're on your last bit of gas and you say, God, I got nothing left. I need you to fill me up. I'm broken. Next idea, come with your wounds to the one that can really heal you. Go, go to God with those things and come to church with those things. You know what I'm pulling away? Like this, when I read the Bible and I see like the people who knew so much scripture and they looked so awesome were the people's furthest from God, this would have showed me. Next idea, you can be so Christian that you miss God. You can be so Christian. You know Christianese. You got the Christian walk. You got the Christian Bible. You got the Christian Instagram bio. I mean, you, you Christian Christian. But Jesus looks at the Christian Christian of the time, and he's like, the thieves and the, the prostitutes, they're, they're first ahead of you. To reveal, it's not about what you see on the outside. It's about what God's doing on the inside. Man, this, these verses are crazy. I want to end here. I'm going to invite the worship team up. Matthew chapter 21, verse 28 and 32. Jesus says, what do you think? There was a man who had two sons. You guys reading with me tonight? You guys reading with me tonight? There was a man who had two sons. He went to the first son and said, son, go and work today in the vineyard. I will not. And I want to end this message looking at the, the first son. I will not. He answered. But later, my favorite part of this whole thing, he changed his mind, and he went. Right? Would you write that down? He changed his mind. Is the next point. He changed his mind. Would you write it down? He changed his mind. He looked at the father, and he said, I won't do what you want me to do. If you have ever said that to God, I want to let you know, you, you may still be on track to eternal life. I'm just letting you know. Based on scripture, you might be one decision away from your whole life turning around. And how does that happen? What a change in the mind. He changed his mind. This reminds me of the prodigal son when he's out eating with the pigs and hanging out with the pigs. The Bible says he came to his senses. He changed his mind. Something par powerful about the mind. Something powerful about the mind. You know that even before I take a step, my mind tells me to take a step. Even before I breathe, my mind tells me to breathe. I don't think about breathing. Do you think about breathing? Some of y'all just breathe four times. You did not think about it. But your mind is actually working while you don't even know. The mind is so powerful. That's why you see verses in the New Testament. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. He changed his mind. Here's my next idea. Identity in Christ begins with evaluation, but it moves to revelation. It moves to revelation. It moves to revelation. We see in the New Testament, Jesus, especially in very famous sermons like the Sermon on the Mount and Jesus in his life and his teachings, he's saying, repent, repent, repent. That's something he says a lot. Repent, repent, repent. And nowadays we hear the word repent, repent. We hear the word repent and we think, oh, it's such a weird word, right? It's like, Ooh, you know, turn or burn, right? That's what we think, right? Repent, like repent. Like when you hear repent, you think about like the lady at the end, like 
with the sign like, repent. Fire's coming. You know, it's like, we think of repent, we go, ugh. That's nasty. But here's what Jesus is saying. When Je- so we, we translate repent from the Greek word metanoeo. Would you know what that means? Metanoeo. So instead of Jesus saying repent, repent, that's the translation in English. Jesus is actually saying metanoeo, metanoeo, which literally means change your mind. Change your mind, he's yelling. Change your mind, he's yelling. Change your mind. He's saying repent. Change your mind. What looks good for the world is actually evil. Change your mind. What looks awesome and please, you know, pleasurable to this world, change your mind. Change your mind on the definition of healthy. Change your mind on the definition of following me. It's not this outside thing that is going on. It's actually what's happening on the inside. And I believe that our generation struggles with the idea of identity because, number one, we're presenting ourselves in so many different ways that we actually have to change our mind on what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus. I want to pivot to this idea. Another reason why some of us struggle with identity is because we compare ourselves to everyone else. You may not know who you are because you think you're supposed to be that person. You may not know your identity because you think you're supposed to preach like that person and sing like that person and, and walk like that person and dress like that person. No, you are an individual. Can you hold up your thumb? Nobody on this world's got your fingerprint. Why are you trying to follow people's pathway to success when God's giving you your own pathway? Why are you trying to follow someone else's pathway to, to their purpose and their calling? You've got your own print. You've got your own print. you got your own calling. You have your own gift. Listen, we all started laughing in here. You sound different than everyone in here. Own it. Own it. Own your laugh. Own the way you pray. Own the person that you are. It's a, it's a step to identity. Not comparing yourself to someone else, but saying, no, God, how did you design me? How did you design me? How did you design me? A rotten tree. Here's the thing about a rotten tree. A rotten tree can still bring shade to people. Right? A rot, if I were to sit next to a rotten tree on a Sunday day, I'm grateful to God for that rotten tree. Especially summers in Florida. Can I get an amen? Amen. It'd be 101 Dalmatians. It'd be 101 degrees out here. Hottest dogs, right? With the humidity, it feels like 5% higher than that. And you just like, if you find a rotten tree, you go, I'm hit that spot right there. What am I trying to say? Rotten trees may still provide shade for some people. A rotten tree can still look pretty nice. I mean, that tree out there up front, it looked pretty nice. I'm not even going to lie. It was, it was dead, but it was cool. It was a cool little tree. It was like, how many of you guys remember the tree out there? Anybody here long enough? It was just a little, it was an awesome tree. Man, I remember we came to work one time, and my car was here, someone else's car was here, and after a storm, a tr- one of the huge trunks fell right in between our cars. 
man, that's scary. See, here's the thing. Rotten trees may, may even still provide shade, but, man, it's dangerous to be around. It's dangerous to be around. Oh, it's so dangerous to be around. You, you're so close to hurting people. You're so, you're so close to, to affecting somebody. And I tell you, and I said this sermon is crazy. I preached this. I preached something like this in the, the first message of the pandemic. I'd rather sit in a godly way than swing a sword in a way that doesn't honor my father. I didn't know I was speaking to this year. I, I, I'd rather sit in a way that honors my father than to swing a sword away that doesn't honor him. I'd rather sit and, 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 and evaluate and, and, and I'd rather crumble down to who I really am than to stand tall and miss who God is. And miss who God is. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Friends in here tonight, Jesus, I, do you feel the conviction in the room? Jesus is calling you to a bigger lifestyle. He's calling you up. He's saying, come up here. If you're alive and you're hearing this message, there is still hope for you. There is still calling for you. There is still an opportunity to change. There is still an opportunity.